I'm Martine Powers. This is an election update from Post Reports. President Trump and Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden will debate each other for the first time on Tuesday evening. It will be the first of three presidential debates. One little ritual that happens is you will watch the candidates walk out on stage. And then they will start furiously scribbling on the blank pieces of paper that are on the lecterns in front of them. I always wonder what they're writing down in that moment. I can tell you what they're writing down. What what it is, is the candidates are not allowed to bring any notes on stage. And so they are walking onto stage with their heads just full of the talking points and the, the, the things they want to say. So what they are doing is downloading their memories so that they will have all that in front of them. It reminds me of like taking a calculus test and just like looking at the formula 90 seconds before I go into the test and then like writing it down immediately because I know I'm going to forget it in like two seconds. Right. Karen Tumulty is a columnist covering national politics for The Post. I've been on the moderating panels for a number of uh, primary season presidential debates, a Democratic one in 2000. Mr. Vice President, twice tonight you've been asked questions about how justice is administered in this country. At a time when crime rates are falling, the prison population is swelling to the point where two million Americans are incarcerated. Two-thirds of federal inmates are either Black or Hispanic. Is this something the Clinton administration anticipated when President Clinton signed tougher crime laws? And why is this happening? I think there are... A Republican one in 2012. So, Speaker Gingrich, it sounds like Congresswoman Bachman does not believe that Wall Street is to blame for the financial mess. You've said that the current protests on Wall Street are... In your words, the natural product of Obama's class warfare. Does this mean that these people who are out there protesting on Wall Street across the country have no grievance? And then in 2016, a primary season debate between Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders. Secretary Clinton, a Washington Post poll just yesterday found that only 37 percent of Americans consider you honest and trustworthy. Now, when you've been asked about this in the past, you have said that this is the result of many, many years of Republican attacks upon you. But Americans have also had 25 more than that years to get to know you for themselves. Is there anything in your own actions and the decisions that you yourself had made that would foster this kind of mistrust? So what exactly is the role of the moderator in terms of how you see it? You know, I really think that if the day after the debate you are talking about the moderator, that means the moderator did not do a very good job. Hmm. The The role of the moderator is to ask sharp questions that will, that viewers will find illuminating and that will get the candidates off of their off their talking points. And how do you prepare for something like that? Like, how do you make sure that you have those sharp questions that are going to elicit the best responses, but aren't going to make you as the moderator the actual subject of debate? The very first thing you do is you sit down and you learn everything you can about 
what the candidates have said on every conceivable issue. And it becomes really clear when you start going over their stump speeches and their policy positions that there will be places that they will want to go during the debate. In fact, during debate prep, they refer to this as home base. Hmm. And they will want to go back to their familiar talking points. So often, the best way to get them off the talking point is to stipulate the talking point in the question you say, candidate X, I, I know that you have often argued position Y, but, you know, how would you make that happen or whatever? And sometimes the most revealing questions, I think, are the shortest and the sharpest ones. Secretary Clinton, is Donald Trump a racist? You know, what you're describing in terms of thinking about how best to ask the question, but also anticipating how the question is going to be answered and then changing the question based on what you anticipate the answer will be. I mean, it seems like chess where you have to think like three or four moves ahead. Um, but but I think that's especially true of fact-checking, which is becoming more and more a part of debates right now, especially with President Trump, that there is an expectation that you're not just going to stand by as a moderator and let people say things that are not true on stage w- without pushing back against them. You know, and that is so difficult to do in the moment, especially when you have somebody like Donald Trump who who does not really think there's a penalty to be paid for for not telling the truth. So I think that as as I look at the position these moderators are going to be on, they cannot just keep calling him on every one of his statements. They are going to have to pick their shots and Quite frankly, Joe Biden is going to have to pick his as well. One of his, you know, patented, oh, come on, man, <laughs> rejoinders. So what are you expecting from the debate on Tuesday night and for the debates during this presidential campaign season? What are you expecting from a content level, but also from the fact that everything is going to be weird and different because of these strange times that we're in? Well, I think that um, Chris Wallace, who will be moderating the first one, is about as tough of a questioner as as you find in television today. And he also has a very recent experience doing a pretty tough interview with with Donald Trump in August. So he is going to go in there, I think, very well prepared for whatever direction the president takes this. But it you know, Trump does not think there's any, as I said, any penalty to be paid for not telling the truth. He is likely to go into personal attacks. And both Chris Wallace and Joe Biden, are, I guarantee you, are have been wargaming what their responses are going to be on whatever direction Trump decides to go. And then just the fact that this is going to be such an unfamiliar situation where it is a debate that doesn't have an audience, that there's not kind of this like crowd feedback or interplay. And like, how do you think that that is going to play out? I think that is going to make a much better debate. I, in fact, had written a column months ago saying that the one thing that they really should do in these debates is get rid of the live audience because that gives the candidate too much of an incentive to play for an applause line as opposed to a direct answer to a question. People forget that the very famous Kennedy-Nixon debate took place in a television studio. And I I do think that, that that actually 
that actually makes the debates better and more useful to to the viewer. Karen Tumulty is a columnist covering national politics for The Post. Tuesday's debate will air at 9 p.m. You can watch live at WashingtonPost.com. That's it for this segment of Post Reports. Full episodes of our show come out every weekday afternoon. You can subscribe at postreports.com or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Martine Powers. Thanks for listening.